All right, welcome back to Zero Today. Again, I'm your humble host, Dr. Lorenzo Neal. Um, so we're going to get into the topic of the day, the main topic of the day, and that is, of course, Mr. Kanye West. This past weekend, Kanye, who announced that he would be running for president on July 4th, 2020, held his first official campaign rally in North Charleston, North Charleston, South Carolina. And I've had the privilege of watching the video and seeing commentary on the video, <laughs> on the appearance. And um, all I can say is very interesting. Now, those of you who have been following me for a while know that I've been talking about Kanye uh, for the last several months. Uh, since last year, when he began his uh, Sunday service uh, thing that he was doing. Uh that went well. As far as I know, it's still going well. And, um, he, he, you know, he, he, Kanye is as a self-described genius. But one thing Kanye is, he is definitely a showman. If nothing else, and I think I've said this before, Kanye West is a showman of showmen. He knows how to bring attention to himself. Whether it's pulling a stunt to drop an album or pulling a stunt to drop an album <laughs> either way that's what he's been doing for um the better part of the late 2010s and and it's it's garnered him millions of dollars millions of followers and um according to him he's now a billionaire <laughs> he's a billionaire and um so I, I did watch the campaign rally video, and it was just interesting because unlike any other person who has run for president of these, these United States, uh, his rally, I guess an attempt to be more personable and uh, relational to potential voters, I mean, it was completely open. There was He had on a security <laughs> vest, but at the same time, uh, of the dozens of persons there, I believe it was, several, it was dozens, you know, uh, maybe a couple hundred. Some say as many as 700. I don't know. It, it depends on what outlet you read. But very, by dozens, you know, I, I'll say it that way. Uh, and he had no PA system. And um, he spoke from the, the heart and the head. And it was just an unusual event. And he had interactions uh, with persons. But two primary interactions that um, drew the attention of most people. And that was the interaction between two women that he had. One was a white woman and the other one was a black woman. And in interaction with the uh, white woman who was interrupting him about as he spoke about his views on abortion, and I'm, I'm going to get to that in a minute. Um, he brought her on stage and interacted with her. And then the interaction with the young black woman, um, when he brought her on stage, she asked a question, and he went on a bit of a rambling rant without answering her question. And as she returned back to her place in the audience, um, he began to deride her um, 
for for talking uh, interrupting him while talking or accusing her of being you know someone who is out to break a hit on his campaign in, in so many words it, it was just interesting altogether how this uh, event played out now Kanye has always been vocal about things we don't really know where he stands on on things because the way he has addressed it has been literally uh to bring attention to himself and one of his projects that, that that's how he's been doing it he'll he'll <laughs> he'll place himself into the argument or an issue and next thing you know he's dropping new music or he's dropping a new um product mm-hmm. And it does well. That has worked for him. Um, And when he made his announcement on July 4th, he dropped a single. Hmm. Now, the reality is, the reality is that there will be no President West in the West Wing of the White House. Because he has failed to qualify for most of the states to be on the ballot. And of the states that he does qualify, uh, he does not or probably will not have enough signatures to be placed on the ballot, even as a write-on. But then again, a write-on, you could write his own name. <laughs> you could write your own name in some places on the ballot as a write-on. But either way, the, the, the whole point of the rally in and of itself is inconclusive. We don't know what was he trying to accomplish. What was he what was he trying to do? What was the point of his of the rally? Because it's certain and, and I'm just gonna say that most of the people who did show up showed up for the same reason I would probably show up. There's a celebrity that's gonna be close to me and I can interact with them. I'm gonna be there more than likely. Uh, just to say that I was there. And for those lucky people who were there to see the, uh, and those who were able to hear <laughs> what he was saying, because again, there was no PA. So he was, he was talking and, you know, if you, only if you were right in the frame of his voice, you could hear him. And even for that, for some that was straining, but there's a lot of videos captured that show from different perspectives um those persons who were there got to see a man who is obviously in need of dire mental assistance mental health assistance Uh, because I'm just a a pastor (laughs) even though I'm a therapist I cannot diagnose uh, uh, we all can observe the fact that there is something going on with Mr. West that needs to be addressed medically. Um, and, and just based on some of the rambling that he did, um, and I had uploaded a clip. And, well, I have a clip of from the rally. It's some audio and video, and uh, it was taking a while to upload. And, but I listened to about seven and a half, eight minutes of his ramble. And he <laughs> he talked about, you know, getting uh, 
plastic surgery. He talked about uh, why he supports, why he's pro-life. That got into the debate with the young white woman who, um, when she was brought on stage, stated that she she had an abortion because she could not afford to carry the, the child to term. I always present a counter-argument argument to that. That's what adoption is for. That's what uh, other, you know, the same organization people like to say about Planned Parenthood being uh, for women. Well, that's a service they should offer to that young woman. Instead of, uh, I'm not saying Planned Parenthood carried out the abortion. I'm just saying, had she gone to uh, a clinic or organization that actually cares about life enough to preserve life, they would have presented her with that option of adoption or, you know, all of that. There are options available. But anyway, because you don't have the means to carry a child to term uh, financially does not mean that you should abort that child. That's the that's a convenient death. And I said that because I'm pro, I don't like using the term pro-life. Uh, I'm pro-choice. You have the choice to choose. You have the choice to keep a child, raise it, you have the choice. If you so choose to terminate the, ch- the, the pregnancy, the choice is on you. And if, you know, if you're a woman and if you're a man, uh, you should contribute to that. And I can say that because I have done so, and I still live with the agony of the choice, but I understood the reasoning from the cho- for the choice uh, in, in my personal experience with that issue, but there's neither here nor there, and you know, I, I think Kanye was trying to be sympathetic to the woman once she um, described her condition and all of that, I got a sneeze, oh boy, hold on, <coughs> excuse me, all right, so I can understand from that perspective what he was trying to do, but at the same time, that led into the um, rant that really went viral about his, not only his personal view on uh, abortion, but talking about if his father, talking about his father wanting to abort him and say, saying that if his father had aborted him, there would be no Kanye. <laughs> and I just had to laugh. And I had the audio. I really wanted you to hear the audio as best I could, but I just it just wouldn't work. But anyway, so he says that there would be no Kanye without uh, if his father had chosen to abort him, even though his mother um, fought and wrestled, she chose to have the baby. And then it really got uh, really, really he was really overwhelmed as he began to talk about his daughter North and how he wanted to abort his daughter, uh, his soon-to-be daughter, because, you know, he wanted to protect his image. He wanted, he thought he would be protecting her image and that his wife, Kim Kardashian West, stood up and said she was having the baby. And he, all, he said, I almost killed my my daughter, or something to that effect. Um, again, you can find m- much of this audio and video just surfing the the internets, the interwebs, and you'll find it. And um, 
you can hear it for yourself as best you can without my extra commentary. And I'm not trying to put any extra commentary on there. I'm just summarizing what I had seen. And um, uh, it, 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 I felt the, the emotion as he, as he lamented the fact that he thought it would be in his best interest to have the child aborted. And now he's grateful that the child is here and all his other children there. He is grateful that they are here. And, you know, hearing fathers say things like that really moves me, especially black black fathers, because the imagery is that we are neglecting our our children. And, um, and there are certain movements that are intentionally targeting black men in the sense of creating the absence from the household and creating a, a sense of dependency on not just um, government, but also, uh, uh, I don't know how to put it, I don't want to say feminist, but this idea of womanistic in, uh, independence, I, I, that's probably not the best language terms to use but this sense of an independent woman and yes it's popularized throughout uh, all facets of media you know this sense of a uh, independent I can bring home the bacon fried up in the pan <laughs> kind of woman um and I have no no you know hey women you you are able now we we know you can do whatever a man can do just about and if you know, I this is kind of off on a tangent, but it's it's still funny to me when I see women in uh, more traditional male roles. Um, for example, I I went to a mechanic, and one of the women, one of the persons working on vehicles was a female, and it was just you know I, I was just surprised to see that, but I was also grateful to see that to know that. Uh, she wasn't denied the opportunity to do so, you know, changing oil, fixing on uh, engines and all of that. And I was like, I applauded her. And I was, and, and she looked good, too. That was the other. She looked good. I was like, yeah, <laughs> more power to her. Uh, and, and for some men, it's still just, you know, it's, it's kind of strange when we see, see women in... Uh, the traditional male roles, but if you're in the church, if you've been in the church long enough, you've been you've seen women take on a lot of leadership in the church, including serving as pastors, bishops, and all of that. Uh, it's not that it has been unusual that for even since the inception, the first century of the church, the first century church, you know, women took leadership roles in in. When you read through Old Testament, New Testament, <laughs> as the church was finding its its grounding, and women had a large leadership role, and so that's not unusual. But when you look in the secular world, it's still there's still a, a great gender gender gap, <laughs> a great gender gap, and so that, that's just my tangent. Let me get back on on focus here. As he was talking about um, his experience with abortion and crying, you could see 
um, that he's in some type of manic state. It was very obvious that he's so his his expression, his demeanor, and even his rambling and ranting were simply uh, articulations of that manic state that he is more likely in. Um, again, I can't diagnose. I can. I, I mean, I got the DSM five, so yeah, I can. I can clearly de- delineate what he may be experiencing, and and based on based on that alone. But you know, <laughs> I ain't his doctor. I don't interact with him, so I can't really speak directly to what he may be experiencing. But it's clear mania of some sort that he is experiencing. So we just have to pray for your boy. Pray for him. But that wasn't the thing that ruffled the feathers. <laughs> Kanye went goes on and this is probably ha- has really been the most viral uh audio and video of the entire rally as he he says Harriet Tubman didn't free the slaves, she just sent them to work for other white people. Now hearing the person who was recording that there's one person who recorded that specific uh video and audio, the moment he said that last part, they say, Okay, we we leaving. <laughs> All right, it's enough of the show. We we leaving now. That that's it. No, no more to see here. No more support. Okay, I got to see Kanye West at at his best and worst in one afternoon. <laughs> I'm laughing because it was funny, but the statement in and of itself um, was again. Uh, you can you can blame. Largely blamed this on his manic state. You know, his state of mind is. He's, I'm not saying that he's insane or anything like that. Uh, such is the case with those who are part of the arts. You know, your writer, musician, um, artist. <laughs> those who think in, with that segment of 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 creativity or who are part of that segment of creativity, are very usually eccentric. They, I don't know why that is, but that is. Their, their thinking is on a different level. I know, having been a composer, or still am a composer, I just haven't really composed much lately. I write poetry. I, I do creative writing. I've you know, written short stories. want to be a novel writer. <laughs> I, I write a lot of poetry and um as a composer in music and I was studying a lot of the composers of various um periods of history and time and most of them suffered the same type of mania that you're seeing displayed in in um Kanye West and for the most part they they lived pretty well and then there were some whose mania got the best of them and go through a list of across the spectrum of artists 
writers, musicians, singers, um, paint, uh, you know, painters, visual arts, performing arts, let me be more specific, and creative writing arts. That way, it covers all of them. Um, the mania tends to overwhelm them, and sometimes it leads to destructive behaviors. Sometimes it leads to uh, exaggerated creation and creativity. Uh, it, it varies on the individual. And then there's some who mask it very well. They are well adapted to their their mania as well as the creative that comes with them. Uh, creativity that comes with it as well as trying to live a what we would call normal life for some they're able to do it very successfully that includes celebrities also actors let me put it that way uh actors so that i guess acting falls into performing arts yeah it would fall under the performing arts so that that's just part of the mania I think about John Coltrane in specific. Oh, no, not John Coltrane. Um, the Loneliest Monk. The Loneliest Monk, very creative, musical genius. And uh, one of the inspirations of a lot of the um, writing, both creative writing and music, compositional writing that I did, I did in, in college and grad school. One of uh, him along with Bill Evans. I studied Bill Evans. Um, the Bill Evans who played with Miles Davis. <laughs> there are a lot of Bill Evans if you were to Google, but Bill Ev Bill Evans, the jazz I mean jazz pianist. Yeah. Uh, these guys, um, their their minds were 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 going all over the place, and yet they were highly creative and highly flawed people. But the legacy of their impact is still, you know, relevant with us today. And and I believe it would be the same with Mr. West. And, and, and West is not the first person, first celebrity or artist to run for president. Dizzy Gillespie <laughs> in, the, in the 70s, I believe it was. Was it 70s or 60s? He ran with his salt peanuts. Uh, vote dizzy, vote dizzy. That's the tune, Salt Peanuts. But it, his he he formed his little campaign music slogan to that that tune and changed the words to vote dizzy. Um, Rosie O'Donnell run for president, and perhaps the best known creative individual, performing arts individual, to have run for president. And successfully won the presidency is none other than uh, the Gipper himself, Mr. Ronald Reagan. So it's not that um, there's it's not that it is not no credibility to those persons running for for president, and and there are a whole lot of other celebrities who ran for political offices and successfully did so. You know. And um, and there are many in in uh, political offices right now. It's neither here nor there. The the whole the totality of the matter is when he said what he said about Harriet Tubman. There's truth to that, but it's 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 not quite true. You know, uh, 
I, it could have been said differently because in, in reality, yes, she did free them from slavery. Uh, and yes, they did in essence work for other white people, but they were free working for other white people, you know. They had the advantage of no longer being in bondage or being property. And so, yes, they were working for other white people. <laughs> but they were not those other white people's property. And so you have, to, you have to see it from that perspective. The other thing about it is, Han, is you don't take statements like that seriously because of who it's coming from. We know Kanye says, has said things with the ire of drawing attention, um, not necessarily to the issue he's trying to address, but just drawing attention to himself. And infamously in 2005, while doing uh, was a benefit for Katrina, he infamously said, George Bush hates white people. I mean, <laughs> George Bush hates black people. He said that when he was supposed to be reading, you know, reading the the prompt, the teleprompter, and he just interrupts and said, George Bush hates white people. And, of course, President Bush then at the time took it very graciously, laughed at it, and, you know, I, well, I'm not saying what he do it in, did in private. We don't know. But publicly, he just giggled it off like, hey, it, it is what it is. He was very gracious. Uh and of course, they eventually he and Kanye eventually reconciled. It took some time, but they reconciled and they put it behind them. But that's just that's just how Kanye Kanye is. Um, and the fact that he sees himself as a billionaire, and as a billionaire, he sees himself higher than other persons, and that that disconnection only furthers the sense that. He knows better than anyone else. And so what he's spitting is facts, yo. It's facts, yo. And if he had said it in the in the way that like, yes, Harriet Tubman freed slaves, but they were not independent. They were free, but they were not independent. Uh or, you know, working for themselves. <coughs> and even then we don't know. We don't know what happened to a lot of them because a lot of them went to be normal people and their legacies are still around us. And maybe their children, well, not maybe, we know their children and their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren to the third and fourth generations are more than likely far better off than they were. Far better off than they were. And or an environment in a country where they can do anything, like become a billionaire, a black billionaire. So, <laughs> it, it is, it's, it's crazy, but he said it was crazy, his event was crazy, and it just, again, I, I, I say it is a part of the mania that he's experiencing. That is not being addressed. And I already know. Uh, those Kardashian women. They are not going to tolerate it. And I've read. 
just over these last several days, supposedly how he and Kim were planning to divorce and how Kim is uh, going to get rid of him. I don't take that. I don't know. <laughs> but I know the history of those women when it comes to black men. They, Those black men who have dated those Kardashian women have not fared well for the most part. <laughs> they don't fare well. They don't because every last one of them has been a token. And not really a token. It's like an accessory. Oh, look at my new black boyfriend. Here, let me model him for you. And you can get one too for only twelve ninety nine ninety nine. Get your new black man today. Look, this is, look, okay. Here, let me show you what he looks like. Front and back. No, I'm not going to tell you about our sex life. I'm going to video for it. So you can see it for yourself. And I guarantee you, you would want your a black man also. And again, you can get your black man for only twelve ninety nine ninety nine ninety nine ninety nine. <laughs> I'm jesting, but it'd be interesting to see how, um, it would be interesting to see how they, they play out and in the midst of this, I, I don't follow the Kardashians. I don't keep up with the Kardashians. So, <sighs> but I'm praying for my boy when it comes to mental health, particularly for black men, we we neglect it and we don't see ourselves as in need of mental health education and mental health interventions. We don't see it. Um, we, are a lot of, we have a lot of young black boys being diagnosed with um, ADHD and ADD as early as um, Head Start pre-kindergarten and so as young as four and five years old they're diagnosed with this conditions and they're treated with medicine and sometimes that medicine interferes with their biological functions biologically mental functions and yes it may cause them to not overact and you know be more still and focused and I know I'm you know I had ADHD and I'm on medication for it and um, but the reality is uh, for a lot of those who go unaddressed um, they may be addressed with the ADAD, ADHD and all of that but sometimes uh, they're diagnosed with um, several other disorders that are not so much mental so uh, oppositional disorder defiance disorder things like that with black men that is part of our cultural identity as well as our uh, masculine identity and it's re reinforced in the music we listen to unfortunately in more negative sense you know even growing up as I listened to gangster rap yeah, I wanted to imitate that. I, I didn't. My brothers didn't. A lot of people in our community didn't. Although we listened to it, we can regurgitate it. We can say it line for line. We weren't going out trying to shoot the police or anything like that. But in days like this, no, this it's a whole lot different. 
not only are they internalizing lyrics, and I'm not I'm not talking about negative. I'm not talking saying that rap music or anything like that is is evil or anything like that. I'm saying uh, the mental capacity and the mental functioning of young black men today is different from young black men of my generation. And there are several conditions that um, contribute to that. But where we heard gangster music like N.W.A., Ice-T, and a whole lot of others. (laughs) Well, we heard from Louisiana bounce music and trap music in Atlanta. No, well, it wasn't called trap music then, but you get the idea. Uh, the dirty South music. Uh, we uh, we didn't internalize it the same way that young black men are internalizing some of the music and some of the imagery that they are seeing today, including some of the video games. Yes, uh, they're internalizing it, and it's it's um, it's a different mentality. So they are more likely, and I'm not speaking um, specifically or directly, I'm speaking in general. And no, I have not done empirical research to, to do this, but I know there are statistical data, empirical data, to back up some, particularly with the urban crime. Um, they are more likely to be in the spectrum, age spectrum, where they will co- commit violent crimes. And they would not only commit violent crimes, but those violent crimes will be um, uh, that we'll see a mental health issue in concurrence with the act of violent crime. Not just the act of the violent crime, but the leading up to the act of violent crime. So there's a lot that we, we can do to be proactive when it comes to mental health for young black boys, young black men, and even older black men. And when you think about the issues of domestic violence, gun violence, um, and other negative aspects that are um, in urban communities, black communities, it's because largely we have un- not addressed this. So we got to address it. Um, there are a lot of black, young black boys and young black men who have minds like Kanye. And when they get into manic es- episodes, uh, they don't have the platform, the atten- they don't get the attention. Uh, they don't have anything, <laughs> you know, to um, to offset that. And unfortunately, some, we're seeing a rise in, in suicide because of this. We're seeing a rise in a high, highly aggravating um, behaviors, negative behaviors, sexual um, risks, more sexual risks, more physical risk and more um, all kinds of this and again I'm speaking in general and um, so my goal as an individual pastor and as a you know therapist and counselor is when I have a client as a young black man a young black boy to uh, help them uh, see where that is if they experiencing that um if there's emotional issues that have to be addressed and how to teach them, you know, interventions that will empower them and and liberate them from whatever it is that is plaguing them emotionally 
and and triggering negative behavior. And once we do that, even as a church, you know, I try to integrate things like that into the sermons I preach uh, because I want the people, the young people, to be aware that scriptures is great. Uh, the stories in scripture throughout the Old and New Testament are great means of empowering you to uh, see negative behaviors and not only see them in the Bible, but to know that they're in the Bible for a reason. So when you read the stories that are very negative <laughs> in the imagery that's associated with that or those individuals, you can see God put those in there for us to be aware that time is it's the same, you know, nothing new under the sun. But anyway, I've gone over, and I really appreciate you all so, so much for joining in, tuning in to me today. Um, I want to again invite you, if you have not done so, uh, go to the Facebook page, Zero Network on Facebook. Like that page. You can listen to all the shows from the last 10 years. And not only will you listen to the archive shows, but also become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash Lorenzo T. Neal and support us as we try to advance this broadcast. And uh, listen to our podcast on all outlets, iHeartRadio, iTunes, um, uh, what is it, Spotify, wherever you can listen to pod podcasts, we are, are there. And we just thank you so much um, for all that you have done. Over these last 10 years. We're grateful to you. So thank you so much. You guys have a wonderful day.